Salutations, everybody, and welcome back. <laughs> you know what's really funny about that is that I thought about I thought about jumping in before you did and saying salutations. Dude, oh, that's how you know it's going to be a good show. We are locked in. <laughs> our minds are melded. And we are we are in step. We're here to present a very, very good episode number 133 of the SoCo Show. This is, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael, and he's the SoHo Seth Ott. Salutations. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. We got a lot of fun stuff uh, that we're going to get into, a lot of reviews. You're going to hear Seth a lot today because Seth saw a bunch of movies, and I didn't see fucking anything. So... <laughs> Uh, we're gonna get into that and a, a whole bunch of other uh, fun stuff along the way. But uh, man, how's your? We were talking a little bit about about your February. You said it was a little bit more mild in uh, in Iowa this year, a little bit warmer than you're used to. But are, have you had a good? Have you, how have you enjoyed your Black History Month? Have you have you been celebrating stuff? <laughs> oh, I, I've been I've been really studying up. I've been watching a, a, a lot of important. Uh, black history movies, um, you know, such as like the Impractical Jokers movie, very, very <laughs> important in the Black history. Um, uh, you know, uh, the the Assistant uh, be another movie I'll review today. Um, you know, stars a lot of you know great great Black actors um, in in important roles in Hollywood. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I've been eating a lot of Miracle Whip. It's been great. There you go. There you go. I've just been watching XFL. A lot of a lot of Black folks in the XFL. <laughs> So that's been pretty fun. Actually, <laughs> it's probably more white people because because they can't get the jobs in the in the NFL. That's true. They should just call it the White Football League (WFL). That'd be pretty. Yeah, fun. And they all I would hit watch each that. other, steal chairs, jump have off you the top to, rope. Have you gotten to watch a game yet? I have not watched a single snap of XFL football. I bet I bet ten dollars on it, but I I did not watch a single snap. <laughs> you got to get into it, man. I uh, my St. Louis BattleHawks are now two and one. Clear to engage, baby. Uh, they they absolutely piss pounded uh, the New York Guardians this last week. Caca. Um, so yeah, there you go, caca. Um, so my guys are looking good. I'm I'm pretty excited. I actually I have been looking, and uh, I have my eyes on the XFL championship game, which is going to be in Houston at the end of April. And if my if my guys go, I may I may try to make a trip down there. But it's so early. It's so early. There's still seven games left of the regular season. So and uh, and we'll uh, just like the was the American Football League or whatever. Uh, we'll see if they have enough money to last that far. Yeah, that's true. We're hearing that uh, ratings are down, but attendance is way up. So people mm-hmm. are going to the games, but the TV is not quite there, and obviously you need the TV. So we'll see. Uh, but I have high hopes for XFL. I know I've, I've brought it up like the last three shows because I'm, I'm pumped for it. I love it. I'm glad there's still football on uh, that I can watch on the weekend. And now that we don't have the sports show, we got we to talk a little bit about football here, so... So that was good. Thank you for indulging me in my XFL uh, excitement. Um, so, like I said, we got a lot of a uh, lot of big stuff, a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. We got a really interesting topic uh, that I'm excited to get into as it relates to movies later on. Uh, but before we do anything else, we got to start like we always do with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. I don't have any chic tweets. <laughs> All right, this has been Chic Tweets. <laughs> I call you a punk. <laughs> We're going to keep that in. We're going to keep that in just like that. Uh, I'm sure Sheiky Baby said something interesting and in all caps this week. Uh, go yeah. over to at the underscore Iron Sheik to find out. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot. Um, he tweeted about the Kobe Memorial, but it wasn't really, you know, a funny tweet. He tweeted about uh, Tyson Fury, the boxer, but it doesn't really apply much to um, our podcast. <laughs> Same thing with he, t- he tweeted about wrestling. Uh, so 
not a lot of you know fun Rob Thomas based tweets this week. So <laughs> that's uh, did you catch? You probably didn't watch that boxing match, but did you like watch the highlights? Uh, yeah, I watched. Uh, I, I watched a little bit of the coverage and stuff like that, but that was pretty interesting. I I don't know. I I, I guess I haven't been as exposed to heavyweight boxing as I thought <laughs> I was. That shit is scary to watch. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. They're swinging for the fucking fences and they hammer each other. That guy was bleeding yeah. from his ears. When yeah. they stopped the match, that is and that's terrifying to me. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> Wilder, uh, the the guy, so Tyson Fury, um, big. I don't even know where he's from. I think um, he's either Australian or from the UK. He's got that. Yeah, but he's uh, big, like he looks like he should uh, probably work like construction or be a bouncer somewhere. He's not like ripped or, you know, muscly or anything like that. He's kind of chubby a little bit. Like he's got a little bit of flab to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently he put on a bunch of weight so that he could like kind of just lean on the guy in this fight. Um, but anyway, um, he knocks or he hits this wilder guy in the face and this wilder guy's a huge, like Jack dude hits him in the face and they did a slow-mo on it. And his like lip is like three feet in front of him, and his eyes are like really close. He looks like that one like meme or whatever of the that like black and white drawing of the guy's face. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> he, he looks exactly like that. It's crazy. Um, but and then like the so the guy who's champion Wilder blamed the loss on he wore like this stupid shredder looking thing out to the to the ring, and it was like forty pounds. And he said he didn't try it on before the match, so it like took some energy out of him and stuff. It's like. You lost. Just take it. <laughs> yeah, just take it. And also, don't act like an asshole. Just fucking walk out and punch yeah. the guy. You know, that's what you get. But I guess he's going to get a rematch, so that'll be a big that'll be a big mm-hmm. deal. But that was... If you I like actually, boxing, you want to check those highlights. If you like boxing, you probably watched the match, honestly. It's one of the biggest matches of recent memory. But it was... Uh, as much as I don't really like boxing, that was pretty, pretty crazy to watch the highlights of that. Holy shit. And I like boxing more. I mean, it's, I've gone back and forth between that because I was a bigger boxing fan back when I was a kid. I, I bought a few pay-per-views and stuff for a couple guys and then went more to UFC and then I haven't watched much in, in a while. But um, boxing is, is, is definitely more like you talk about, they talk about like the sweet science and all that stuff. It really is like way more of a chess match with fists than than the than the UFC is. UFC is just kind of a, it's... I mean, it's still there's still a lot of skill to it and like their strategy and stuff. But boxing really is just you can use your hands and like kind of your weight, and that's really about it. So I actually might go because they play a lot of these big fights at the movie theater, and I, and it's like sixteen bucks or whatever, so it's a lot cheaper than actually you know getting it at home. Uh, for the for the third one, I might actually go because that like it sounds like it was a really cool fight to watch, and I'm sure like the rematch will be huge. So oh yeah, and this Tyson guy, he was uh, he wrestled a match in WWE, so. <laughs> Did he really? Man, those guys yeah. are crossing over a little bit more more commonly yeah. now. That's And that guy is scary. If I saw that guy at Tyson Fury, I would cross the street if he was walking down <laughs> my sidewalk. That guy is fucking terrifying. And um, he, you know what he did, too? A really cool thing, actually. I know we're spending a lot of time on it, but he donated his entire purse, which I think was like $8 million, to like homeless in L.A., I think. Holy so shit. Didn't take a dollar of his, his winnings and just donated it. That's really cool. Wow. That's, yeah, good for him, dude. That's a, that's, that's... That is uh, commendable, to say the least. And if if because that guy punched that other guy in the head harder, <laughs> people get homes. I'm all for that shit. I think that's dope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's turn now to our sponsors. Uh, links to all of these in the description box. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit that link. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Right. 
Mathis Designs. You can find stuff on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Right. <laughs> and, of course, Mike's Wood. Find Mike and Courtney on Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your woodworked. You sound like some sort of, like, something that you'd step on in a video game. Like, one of those little slimy creatures in Ratchet and Clank that you jump on. And then it becomes an even smaller slimy creature. Don't step on me. Yeah, there you go. That's Do the whole rest of the show that way. I'll give you a dollar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to one more ad. Uh, here's our previously recorded selves. Let's talk about Anchor. Wow. Incredible. Incredible stuff. Uh, if you guys want to help us out, head over to Anchor, and you can join and become a contributor. I want to give a shout-out to our current contributors, Mike V, Jared B, and Casey Cheeves. Uh, shouts out to all of you for helping grow the show and helping improve the product here. Uh, if you don't want to become a contributor or can't, uh, just keep clicking on these episodes. Every listen helps. So keep sharing it out with folks. We really appreciate that. From there, we are going to jump right into things and we got so much stuff to talk about. We don't have time to talk about all these stories in depth. So we're just got to do some quick hits in the world of movies. Well, J.D. Dillard to direct new Star Wars movie. If this one fails, Star Wars will really be in a pickle. Because <laughs> of Dillard? Yeah. Wow. That is uh... <laughs> highbrow stuff. That's why people come to the SoCo show. I'll say this. <laughs> I, um, <clears throat> I, I've gotten to a point. I don't believe it. Like, I know, obviously, it's, it's reported and it's reported through the proper channels or it wouldn't be one of your stories, but, like, I'll believe that there's more Star Wars coming when, I, when one gets fucking announced or I see a trailer. Because so much stuff is just out there right now and things are getting worked on and people are dropping on and coming off. And it's, it's one of those things that I, now, and it sucks that I've gotten to this point with Star Wars. I can't even get pumped about new stuff. I'm just like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it, man. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> They've beaten I don't know. The, I... They've beaten the, the blind optimism for Star Wars out of me. It, that's, it's an unfortunate thing. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm the, I, I, I have the same thought process, I guess. It's like, you know, when it comes out, you know, I, I'll believe it. But I don't really care that much. You care way more than I do. <laughs> well, who's this, this Dillard guy, um, you know, other than, other than, you know, classic hamburger style pickles? What's he responsible for in the past? Uh, slight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember Slight. Slight was really good. I enjoyed that one a lot. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Very good. Well, we'll see what the Pickle Man has to say uh, when it comes to Star Wars. The Pickle Man. <laughs> pickle Man. All right. Well, Donald Trump says that Parasite shouldn't have won Best Picture because it's a foreign film. When in actuality, it's because the only pieces of entertainment he thinks are real are Home Alone Two, The Apprentice, and WrestleMania Twenty Three. <laughs> Also, he had to read, so he probably didn't like this one. <laughs> True. I don't know. I, I, It's never been... A lot of people have made this point that a foreign film shouldn't be Best Picture, but it's never been Best American Picture. It's just never been <laughs> described that way. So I think right. it, as much as I obviously... Listeners of the show know I wanted 1917 to win. I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's so horrible that it was Parasite. And Trump was just being a dumbass. If you've seen that video, and I know that maybe there's Trump supporters that listen to this. I'm not talking about his policy or anything about that. He sounds like an idiot when he's saying, <laughs> why did Parasite? I, wa- I want to watch Sunset Boulevard. That movie is literally 100 years old. 
Yeah, you like, said like Gone with the Wind too. Gone with the like, Wind was like, the other one. Like Gone with the Wind is the first fucking movie to have a black like uh, nominee. It was um, for uh, the supporting actress. I can't uh, Hattie Hattie. Fuck, I can't remember her name. That's not good to me. Um, but like the first ever black person to be nominated for supporting. That's how old that fucking movie is. And that's Trump's favorite movie. Like, get your shit updated, man. He needs to watch, like, I don't know, Spider-Man 2 or something and get his shit updated. I don't know. I think Trump's favorite movie is, uh, what's, is that, that, that Disney animated movie that's, that'll never be seen again? Is that Song of the South? Is that what that's called? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably, it probably is Song of the South. Hattie McDaniel <laughs> is the, uh, the actress I was trying to come up with uh, from Gone oh, okay. with the Wind. But, uh, yeah, Song of the South probably actually is one of Trump's favorites. <laughs> we just lost our uh our 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 republican audience what if, what if like what if 21 out of our 22 regular viewers were actually or listeners were actually trump supporters and that's that's how our podcast ends is with that trump joke <laughs> oh that'd be amazing it was a good ride america america we love you all right <laughs> And finally, in movies, streaming service Vudu to be purchased by Comcast Universal, meaning that there will be soon be more places to stream the cock. <laughs> uh, we got to have more cock in our lives. I So is NBC not going to... Uh, wasn't there going to be an NBC streaming service? Is it going to be now replaced by Hulu? What What are the details on this? No, Vudu. Vudu. Oh, Vudu. Oh, yeah. I thought you said Hulu. Okay, that makes no, sense. No, sorry. I, I like Voodoo. Voodoo's been a good. I have enjoyed that as a service. I've I've migrated more toward movies anywhere for my digital mm-hmm. copies now. But uh, I have enjoyed Voodoo, uh, and if this means that I get to see a couple more movies for free, then I guess I support it. I never watched any free Voodoo movies before, but it says they have ads and stuff. But there's been a lot of good stuff that they do for that they do offer for free. So. Oh yeah, I don't know. There's there's always stuff on there. It's not always super current stuff, but yeah, you'd watch a few minutes of ads at the beginning, and then you just get to plow through the movie for free. It's I think a vastly underused service because it's a free service. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but I use it to keep my digital copies for the most part. But it is uh, if people aren't checking out Vudu, it's worth it's worth taking a look at. All right, and in television, <laughs> it's atypical that I'm ever wrong, but atypical gets a fourth and final season. <laughs> oh wow, I like that. <laughs> I could have swore that on like I there so that TV time Facebook thing that I like the t- TV time thing that I use to track keep track of my TV. I follow them on Facebook as well, and it said I'm I'm like ninety eight percent sure it said like a year ago atypical third and final season or whatever premieres. And so I saw this, and they posted like atypical gets atypical gets a fourth and final season, and then I looked this one up, and it's it's true. So I'm happy that they get another one, but um, it kind of I really thought that it ended with the third one. <laughs> Well, that's a pleasant surprise. If, if ever, if ever you were going to be wrong, this is a pretty, a pretty pleasant way to be wrong. Right. All right. I'm not going to win the lottery. <laughs> there you go. All right. And Marvel is searching for an Allison Brie type actress to cast in She-Hulk, while I'm searching for an Allison Brie type woman to marry. <laughs> that's good. Uh, why don't they just search for Allison Brie? Is, is that said? Why, if you're looking for an Allison Brie type, why not just fucking pick her? Does it say? Did they offer it to her and she said no? No, I don't think so. I think it's just, I mean, the the talk has been probably money. Um, you know, she's going to cost more than an, an Allison Brie type. She's, you know, Allison Brie rates are higher than an Allison Brie type. So, yeah, I guess. And other than obviously she's a talented actress, I'm not taking away from that. But she has a look that's not uncommon. So they could, mm-hmm. um, they could get some someone. 
you know, less experienced and less of a name in there for cheaper, I'm sure. Um, one thing I saw related to this is apparently people were wanting Stephanie Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine to mm-hmm. play She-Hulk, and she's she went and said that she can't for some reason. I don't remember mm-hmm. why. Um, but uh, interested to see who they cast in that, because that could be a really, really cool role. Mm-hmm. And finally in TV, Love, Simon's sequel series Love, Victor is coming to Hulu, while Love, Seth series is in development at Crackle, where I search for my true love, Alison Brie. <laughs> That's just good. I don't even need to improve on that. But I will watch that show, because I really enjoyed that movie. And that is the quick hits. Oh, yeah. That was a replay of the uh, Fury fight. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was dumb. <laughs> I get the soundboard, so I get to give my own rim shots. I always get oh, my own rim shots. nasty. Yeah, you're being gross. I hit that sounder before you said that. Somehow I knew you were going to be gross. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, should man. I keep my newscaster voice? You should keep it. You should keep it, and you're going to need it in just a second because we got to get into Seth's TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, Seth, you've been talking uh, last week in our, our, uh, our SoCo show and tell. You talked about checking out some, uh, some docu-series, and it looks like you got one for, for a review this week. I do. It's Game of Thrones. Um... <laughs> No, uh, hold on one second. All right, yes. Uh, TV Corner, The Pharmacist, uh, is the the show I watch docu-series on Netflix, four episodes, about an hour apiece. Um, kind of basic story here, uh, Pharmacist, uh, the, you know, the, the title character. Um, he, his son, uh, they, they live in New Orleans. He is basically, he doesn't run a pharmacy, but he's, you know, a, a pharmacist. He, he um, been there for a while uh, in New Orleans, and uh, his son ends up getting killed in a, uh, what they believe is a drug deal um, over some some pills, and he kind of the first part of it is he's looking for the killer, um, and he's a very like OCD type of person. He's kept a lot of notes and he records a lot of conversations and has a lot of video and things like that. And so he's uh, basically he the first part of it is he's figuring out who did this and trying to to catch the person. But then it goes from there, and he he you know he's still kind of grieving and all that stuff, and he. Um, wants to kind of go at the bigger problem, and that's of the uh, like drug addiction, specifically with opiates and oxycontin. And this takes place in the early two thousands, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, when this all happens. And uh, at this point, like oxycontin, almost just like, and they kind of relate it to the cig- like cigarettes and and all that stuff. But oxycontin at the time was you know all the doctors and stuff, or I guess the 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 people who made the oxycontin, uh, Purdue Pharma. They, they were basically saying kind of like how the the cigarette makers were big tobacco were saying is like it's not addictive, it's not harmful, um, you know, blah blah blah. Well, we all obviously know now that you know it's it that oxycontin and all that is very addictive, and a lot of people die from it and everything like that. But this guy kind of uh, led the charge on all this stuff. Like just one guy from New Orleans uh, uh, kind of led the charge on all this stuff. So it kind of it, it talks about. Um, opiate problem and oxycontin problem and like overprescribing pills and all like these really shady things that were happening inside of uh, the industry of of um, you know pill making and all that stuff. So really interesting stuff. I, I you know it it seemed like by watching the trailers and everything that it would be way more of like a of, of the crime part you know like the death part of it. But the, the majority of the 
docu series is is more about the the um, drug you know the the uh, pharmaceutical industry and things like that where they just go right right dive right into it and and um talk to a lot of people within it a lot of uh, doctors and salespeople and all that stuff it, it really focuses more on that because it's still a problem um especially with like opiates and and heroin and things like that um it's it's all gotten pretty bad uh, they even talk about like hurricane katrina because obviously this is in, in new orleans um that that was a big part of it and that made things worse so a lot of a lot of um really interesting numbers and and like facts they throw out um and kind of a, a warning as well that they have in there because it's not solved this is still happening so uh definitely an interesting doc docuseries i would i would recommend it um you know it's probably not going to satisfy the true crime people because it's really not much of the murder part of it but um you know there's there's a bit of that but again it really goes more into that that whole thing so uh, of the 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 drugs so for anyone who like hates uh you know like this prescription like i know a lot of people have to pay like prescriptions and stuff like that and they're crazy priced and um you know anyone who hates that industry in general i think that's this is something to watch because it really it really kind of proves what a lot of people are saying about how like that that old industry is very shady and very um profit driven so i think i think it's interesting for for that side of things so uh, definitely would check it out. It doesn't like over glorify anything. Like, uh, you know, I think the barometers probably don't fuck with cats where it's like, it may it had a lot of like, um, you know, like artsy shots and things like that. This is way more, way more fact based. This is tons of facts and, and things like that. So, um, and it's got some interesting interviews. So definitely, uh, I, I would say this is, this is one to check out if you're interested in those things at all. That's such an interesting topic. That is like one of those things that's really it's interesting to watch documentaries about that topic, the, the pharmaceutical thing, but it's also one of those really infuriating things to watch because of all the fuckery mm -hmm. that goes on. Um, so yeah, folks, uh, what I will say is that a couple companion pieces to this would be, uh, there's, there's pharmaceutical episodes of, um, last week tonight and also Patriot act. Uh, both have episodes. There's, there's a drove of, of, um, material out there about this so if it's something that you're interested in the, the the stuff is out there to be to be watched um so it sounds like this is a good addition to to that um mm -hmm. you do you have a new uh what's next for you you got another another docuseries on the list now well i've been watching continuously uh as it comes out week by week uh mcmillions on hbo which is uh, i think has a has two more episodes left um but i'm loving it, it it's something that i come home on on tuesday and uh the hell he said, oh, I'm, shit. I'm loving it. I didn't, I didn't even realize that. That's awesome. <laughs> for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It took us 133 episodes to get the perfect pun, and that was it. <laughs> you did it. Um, well, it's funny because it's like really not. I mean, it is about the McDonald's. Because I don't even think about it being McDonald's, but really, like, they're they're almost the heroes in this thing because because they're helping out the people who are trying to to figure out what's going on but uh which mcdonald's is never really a hero of anything so i, I guess good for them but um no it's it's super interesting uh it's something like i come home every day from work like every tuesday from work because it airs on mondays and i like that's the first thing i watch uh it's 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 really crazy how deep it goes and and uh like the mob connections and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's, it's really cool. I can't wait to see how it ends. So, uh, that, that'll be one that, that I'll review, uh, in a few weeks, I think. Sweet. Can't wait to see that. Uh, I'll say this, that, that pun you just made, dude, that one was crazy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So The Pharmacist is available now to stream on Netflix if you want to check out that one. And that will wrap it up for this week's TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right. We move now from TV into movies. And we're going to start uh, our movie segment today with a fun little game, a new one that we call Thesaurus Theater. Thesaurus. Thesaurus Theater is back. <laughs> Essentially, this is a fun game. So basically, Seth has found a, a movie title, but he has, he has found synonyms for all the words. So this, this is going to sound familiar, but probably really goofy. And I need to figure out what movie title he's getting at here. All right. The, the, the title that's been run through a thesaurus, uh, through uh, <laughs> at least what, what, I was, what I was able to pull out of it, is Whence Via Squander a Feller in Decennial Sunlight. Huh? <laughs> Um, I, I'm gonna need you to repeat that. Wench via squander in a fella in decennial sunlight. Wench via squander a feller in decennial sunlight. Wench via squander fella descent. Okay. Uh, holy uh, a shit. feller. A feller? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's good. Um... <laughs> Okay, I need I need to hear it again. I need to hear it again. All right, whence via squander. Okay. A feller in decennial sunlight. Holy shit! <laughs> um, <laughs> a feller in decennial decennial. What the fuck is decennial? D e c e n n i a l. Whence via squander in. Sorry, whence via squander a feller in decennial sunlight. A feller in decennial sunlight. <laughs> so, and just so people, like, because this is the first one you're struggling on. Yeah. If people, if people um, have any complaints, I literally just type the word into a thesaurus, like the thesaurus online, and I choose one of the words that come up. <laughs> so it might not even make sense, but it's it's in the list of words. So, uh, And I will say feller. in, a uh, and in are, they're, actu- they're actually in the title. Once via squander <laughs> in a feller? No. Whence via squander a feller in decennial sunlight. I, I wrote it down that time because I'm not an idiot. Heats. Uh, this is probably really fun for you. Uh, <laughs> a man, a man in. And, and also to be clear, it could be anywhere in the list. So it's not like it's not the first choice. Like if, if there's like 50 choices, I choose one that I enjoy the most. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a movie, you know, like. I'm sure you've seen it. Maybe not. I don't know. You might not have seen it, but it's a title like anyone, anyone who's seen a movie knows this movie just by based off the title. Okay. Um. Uh. What the fuck would sun? What What else is sunlight? Um. When does sunlight usually appear? When da, 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 does a day? Um. Okay, day. We got day. <laughs> decennial so that's once every 10 years you might be saying you might have said the word a couple times 10 <laughs> yeah okay so 10 10 day 10 days oh 
Oh, that's a really good one. <laughs> it's it's how to lose a t- guy in ten days, right? Yep. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was. You know what? I was, I was starting to wonder if this game was going to be hard. That was fucking hard. And may, maybe maybe people in their cars are just fucking screaming. It's how to lose a guy in ten days. I don't know, but I that took me a while to come around to, and you had to basically guide me there. Um. <laughs> Wow, that is... You certainly like wacky fucking synonyms, don't you? <laughs> okay, so whence is a how. Yeah. Uh, how to lose. That's squander. Okay. Um, and via is two, so that's something to remember for later, potentially. Via is two. Okay. Okay, that if was... That, via was if that happens how. later, who knows? Yeah. Via a feller <laughs> in decennial for ten. Okay. that Now I get it. Yeah. Wow, that was a... Whew. You got me on that one, man. How to lose a guy in 10. Now, listeners are going to be like, holy shit, that took Cody a while. I promise I edited some of me thinking about that out. (laughs) That took a long time to get to. Wow. How to lose a guy in 10 days starring Matthew McConaughey and is it Kate Hudson? How to lose a guy in 10 days for Thesaurus Theater this week. Wow. What a good one. Thesaurus. I can I can I can taste your excitement when I'm stumped. I can just feel how excited you get when I when I don't know what the fuck to say. <laughs> that was well done. That was well done, no doubt. There's there's a there's a really gross joke to be made there about tasting excitement. <laughs> wow, that's Seth is on fucking fire today. Holy shit. You guys have no idea. I am the queen. That's what I'm talking exactly. about. Exactly. Wow. It's uh, Seth is bringing his A game this week, and <laughs> <coughs> someone has to. Someone has to. Holy shit! I, you don't even need me. I'm just gonna quit there. Um, solo show. There you go. It's a solo show. Uh, instead of that, I will be. I will be sticking around, and we're gonna go right into uh, a a fun edition. Yet another fun edition of Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. Alrighty. So this weekend we'll have the release of Lee Winnell's Invisible Man. Uh, which will star um, Elizabeth Moss and is about a guy who is invisible and he's terrorizing this young woman. So it's like a horror movie. And we thought that would be fun to go through a list of best movies where you can't see the antagonist. So it's a pretty specific type of movie. Uh, A lot of these are going to be horror movies, um, but not all of them. Maybe we shall see. So, and what I'll say, this is pretty loose because this is actually kind of a tough, tougher one for me to get five. So this is kind of loose where um, it's basically like the purposely the antagonist is not you don't see much of them or you don't see them till the end or, you know, that type of thing. So some of these are going to be a little bit like kind of adjacent to you don't see them and they're invisible, um, but it'll make sense when we get there. Yeah, my list, um, I pretty much put down like the first five I could think of and then ordered Uh them. So there's going to be some like honorable mentions here because I know that there's some that I thought of later. Um, But there's some pretty good movies here. I I find that I like this type of movie. So uh, some some that I really enjoy uh, are going to appear on this list. I'm excited to jump into it. Number five. Okay, here's one that may be on your list. Uh, At number five, I have Godzilla from 2014. Um, no, I do not have it, but like you see him though. <laughs> you see him you see him in the climax, but like for most of that movie Sure. Um he's yeah, that's he's a good like one. he's obstructed or hidden or not lit yeah. well. 
And that's a common monster movie thing. So I went with Godzilla. I really like the 2014. I think I have that year right. Mm-hmm. Um, I really yep. like that edition of Godzilla. Brian Cranston is in that. Aaron Taylor Johnson. And it kind of kicked off the new monster verse that we have that we know now is going to end up with uh, King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, and I think it was a good proper update. It was well shot and acted and just it was a higher quality of Godzilla than I think we were used to seeing. So I, I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I agree. I did enjoy it, too. I liked it a lot more than the second one. So mm-hmm. um, my number five, again, kind of a, an adjacent one, not a horror movie, but you do not ever see the villain in this one. Um, that's where I have Dunkirk at number five. Oh, that's so good. That's so <laughs> good. Dude, oh, you're on a roll right now. Keep it going. Tell me about Dunkirk. You, you, you might not like some of the other ones, but um, like obviously you you don't see you don't see the Germans in this one. Like it's it's way more like I think the the thing that comes to my mind is um, the scene where they're in the boat and there's bullet holes flying through it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, clearly an enemy there, <laughs> but um, you you never actually end up seeing them. Um, Dunkirk is a movie I've not watched since we saw it in the theater, but I remember. I mean, I I, I think our video of uh, the um, ride home uh, of that is still like that. That's one of our most viewed, but also like we, we just kind of left that one and we were like, Oh man, that was, that was intense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that, that's when we walked out of just kind of like shook a little bit. So, um, a very effective villain in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one, that one fucked me up. Like in terms of war movies, that'll get you fucked up. It's like that one hacksaw Ridge and now 1917. Mm-hmm. Like I put them all in the same, they put you so close to the action that it like, it gives you shell shock just having watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Number four. Okay, so number four, a uh, classic, classic horror movie here. Probably should have it higher on my list. Horror, pre- horror, horror purists are going to complain about this one, but I have Alien um, at number mm. four. And again, you do end up seeing the Xenomorph at the end. Now everyone's seen way too much of the Xenomorph, especially in the, the latest movies. But for most of the movie Alien, you don't see the Xenomorph, or you see it just very briefly, and it just kind of flashes by a couple times, or you see like a part of it, but not the whole thing. Um, and that's, that's classic. Like, you know, um, I think the first alien came out in the late seventies, if not the early eighties. So part of it was necessity. Like you just can't show a monster because they didn't have the effects for it. Um, Mm -hmm. but the creature design alien is one of the top horror movies ever, in my opinion. And, um, you know, for most of the part, you don't even get to see what's, what's creeping around in there. So I, I think it's a good one for this list. I never, I don't think I've ever seen alien before, actually. I know like the scenes and stuff, but. Um, but my number four is actually also an alien movie. Um, this is where I have signs. Oh yeah, that's a, you. You uh, you like signs more than I than than a lot of people I know. Uh, uh-huh. But you've always been a fan of it. I have. I did. I, I really enjoyed the way they they did everything with with the alien. Like they don't. They just show you like real small glimpses of it. I mean, I think the the one that everyone knows is the the TV when they're watching the TV and they show it walk by. Um, and I, and it's funny because like I'm pretty sure I saw signs before Scary Movie three, but then they do it perfectly in Scary Movie three. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but then there's like the alien is on a barn at one point. Like you have to like really like a lot of people didn't notice it till later on, like after it came out on on video, because like you see an alien on top of a barn, um, but it's like real quick, kind of almost like a, a freeze frame, which is kind of cool. And then obviously at the end, uh, there you know there there's a scene the scene at the end with the alien and, and the baseball bat and all that stuff. But um, it's always like, a you know, you're, you're kind of, it's that anticipation. You're wondering the whole time when you're going to end up seeing it. And, you know, it's pretty freaky when you do. Oh, that's the shot of the alien standing on the barn. I used to have nightmares about that. 
And then that, <laughs> that, cause that's where she comes into the room and she goes, there's a monster outside my window. Can I have a glass of water? Mm-hmm. That's in that movie. That used to, that used to creep me the fuck out. That movie. I never, I don't remember. The, I don't remember. I know signs, but I don't, I don't, I'm not certain I've sat down and watched the whole thing, but like knowing enough about those couple of scenes and maybe having seen them a time or two, like that used to, I used to have nightmares about that movie and I was a young kid, but like that was, that was scary shit back then. And people don't, I don't think it gets as much credit as it maybe deserves now, but at the time that scared the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. Number three. All right. A uh, horror movie more recently though. Uh, the Babadook is, is one here where you, there's like once in the movie where you get a really good look at the Babadook. Who's this? This creepy, um, like a boogeyman type character who comes out of a storybook and is terrorizing um, a woman and her son. And a lot of this movie is about whether or not the Babadook exists and whether or not it's just this woman going crazy. And it's got a lot of really good stuff where like you think there it is, but then, oh, that's just a coat hanging on the door. Uh, there's a lot of that type of stuff. You do get a couple of good shots of the of the Babadook, um, but not often. Uh, most of the time it's creeping around in the dark and it's just the psychological nature of maybe he's there. Um, it's not even the scariness of the monster that that drives the movie. It's just the her the the mom's descent into kind of craziness and whether or not this thing is real. Um, so that one does a lot without really showing you much of the creature. It's um, one of the really good horror movies the last handful of years. Yeah, I, that's one I never watched, uh, but not one that I was uh, super pumped to see either. So. <laughs> um, my number three, this is one that I, I haven't rewatched, but it's one I, that I've ra- like, will think about randomly because uh, it's really fucked up, but uh, Hereditary I have n- num- at number three. Um, that is a good one, too, because, yeah, you never really do see Payman, mm-hmm. I guess is what you'd Pi- call the... Yeah, Payman, Payman. Yeah. Um, he just, the, the, the ghost or, or demon, um, just, uh, inhabits a couple of people, but you never see the actual demon itself. But, um, uh, there's some really fucking chilling scenes in that movie. Um, I mean, Tony Collette on the ceiling, the, the girl getting her head whopped off, like just a couple like really fucked up scenes, um, uh, that cl- the girl doing the click, um, like when, when, uh, Nat Wolf. Is that or is it Alex Wolf? Which one is it? I think it's Alex. I don't know. What what one of the naked brothers uh <laughs> when when he's sleeping um you know they they do the this the girl has like this thing like she does this click that she did before she died and then when she dies like he hears it and it's oh a lot of chilling weird crazy fucking stuff in that movie and there's a lot of a lot of fucking dong in that movie uh, a lot of <laughs> naked butts um <laughs> But, uh, you know, you never, you, you do never see, and it, it, you never see the villain and also like just kind of the, like there's a, with Tony Collette, Tony Collette's great in this movie and she like the way she slowly like deteriorate, deteriorates, like her sanity kind of goes away. Like it's crazy. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think after Midsummer I've come to appreciate more of Ari Aster, I guess. <laughs> um, I just don't know if I'll ever rewatch that movie though. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I need to rewatch his movies at all, but I, I can certainly have a I have a healthy appreciation for how just unsettling I don't know how that guy sleeps with the shit that he has in his head. Um but mm-hmm. he does and he makes a lot of money now. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, he's one of the great one of the great horror movie makers right now. I can't wait to see what he does next. It's gonna be ugh, I don't even I don't even want to think about it. Yeah, and he did those two movies back to back, so um I'm sure he took a little bit of break after that, but 
Number two. Okay, so my number two. Um, okay, so I went here. Uh, originally, I was going to go with Cloverfield in this spot. Because uh, you never really get to see the Cloverfield monster. But then I thought, you know what is a better movie in the same series? 10 Cloverfield Lane. Ooh, that's a good one. You never. Oh, shit. So you oh. could. One could say that John Goodman's character is the actual antagonist of this movie. And I, uh, I'm i not going to argue with that. But you never really get to see um, the aliens in this movie. There, There is a scene at the end where you eventually do. I guess that's a spoiler. But. Um, the whole movie is based on whether or not John Goodman's telling the truth when he says that they're locked in the bunker because of the alien invasion. And I thought that was a really cool element. It's like, are they safe in here or are they safer outside? You don't know. Uh, the movie eventually gives you an answer, but that movie is one we, I remember we went to this and the theater had the sound turned up so fucking high <laughs> that it was like, we had headaches when we left, but it made that movie so enjoyable to watch and so creepy and it's yeah. another one that I don't think gets the credit maybe that it deserves. I think it got buried in like a pretty good summer. But mm -hmm. um, that's one that I haven't gone back to but really, really want to. Yeah. That, no, that is a really good one. Damn, I I, I would have put that on there, I think. Um, my number two, again, so this one is a stretch. And this this ranks, it's not my number, it would be, it's my favorite movie out of the list I have here. But I, I dropped it down to one because um, it's not necessarily like you can't see them. Um, it's just not they the movie makes a point not to really the, the point of the movie isn't a villain and so the movie I have here is searching and oh, the reason yeah. for that the point of the movie is he's looking for his daughter they don't really ever like at one point I guess they they kind of, and it's towards the end they they have it be one person and then it's someone else and it's real like at the end end is when you find out who it actually is so that that's why I'm putting it that way because the point in the movie is he it, like it's him trying to find his daughter like it the, it's really they don't really care about the villain so much really until the end and then when they get to the twist of who it is it's pretty crazy. That movie searching and that was from was that from eighteen? Mm -hmm. And that movie not enough people have seen that movie. That movie is fucking incredible. I love that movie. And since it's from eighteen, it qualifies to be old enough for this. <laughs> If you haven't seen Searching, watch it fucking now. It's a great, great watch. You could watch it. At, it was great in the theater, but you could watch it mm -hmm. at home and have a pretty good experience because of the format. It all takes place on computer screens, which sounds shitty and gimmicky, but it works super, super well in this. High, high recommend for Searching. It was one of the best movies of that year, I think. Yeah, I, I would have had it. If we would have done a, a best of the decade, I would have put it on there. I... I love that movie. I saw it on my birthday in 2018. Nice. Um, but I, I just remember going to it and I was like, this this movie was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, it, I still remember my movie, the theater experience because I remember hearing people like when the twists happen and stuff, people were just like, what? You know, mm -hmm. I like one of those few like people out loud were like, what? You know, so it was, it was an awesome experience. And I love that movie. And, and I know like the director has a movie coming out. I think Run is what it's called. Um, oh, that's him. And then, yeah, it's supposed to come out this year. And then. Searching 2 is also supposed to come out this year, but I don't think it's going to happen because from what I saw on on uh, like IMDb and stuff, it still said in development. So um, I don't think that'll end up coming out this year, and it's not going to be the same people or you know anything like that. It's going to be a different story and different people and stuff, but as soon as that comes out, I'll be there day one. Yeah, fuck yeah. That movie's great. That movie's great for suspense and good twists. Also, highly emotional. I was wet-necked when I left that movie. <laughs> Holy cow. Number one. 
I think I, I went. I went with. <clears throat> I went with just the objectively best example of this, and I think in horror history, Blair Witch Project. Um, this, you never see, again, it's, it's another one of those movies where it's like, is there really actually something there? We don't know. And you never, this is a case you never see the Blair Witch. And so even, even in the climax of this movie, you never really see. And this is, this was found footage really getting its big kickoff. This was viral marketing getting its big kickoff. Like Blair Witch changed movies for the better part of the next 15 years. And so mostly out of respect for that, I, I like Blair Witch, but it's not my, it's not my favorite movie even on this list, but it's just the granddaddy of them all when it, to me, when it comes to movies where you can't see the bad guy, um, that movie ramps up the tension, keeps you on the edge of your seat and then gives you a satisfying ending and never ever shows you what's going on. So, uh, Blair Witch is, uh, not the remake. I want to make, be perfectly clear. I'm talking about the 99, I think one. <laughs> Um, but that movie gave me nightmares too. And I never even saw it when I was a kid. Um, but the, the commercials told you how real they were like, this is fucking real. Like, and they hid the actors away. So you thought they were really dead and stuff or missing. And, um, yeah, Blair, everything about Blair, Witch was amazing. If there aren't already a hundred documentaries out there about that movie, there should be. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, so that's why I have it at number one. It's more of a, more of a, a respect thing than, than my actual preference, but I think it deserves to be the top spot. Well, I'll tell you. I got one that was a found footage movie. Uh, you don't ever see the villain, uh, or the I guess the 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 spirit or demon, um, and they made it seem like it was real. And I have Paranormal Activity at number one. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, I talked about this before. I saw this in the theater. It was again one of my. This is it's a theater experience I will remember forever. Uh, it, it was crazy, um, just like seeing that in a theater and and. The whole everything around it, no credits, no opening shit, no you know nothing like that. They they definitely try and make it think like it's it's real, and it's probably the last time you're gonna be able to do that. Um, you know, especially with having the you know just with the way the internet is now. I mean, there's internet back then, obviously, but it like it, just the way they presented everything, like uh, there was a, just a lot less info around it. So it was, it was really cool. Um, and then yeah, you don't see the you never see the villain. Um, you never see the demon. Uh, they don't do that until uh, Paranormal Activity: The Ghost Dimension. God, the stupidest thing! Take the whole thing that was cool about your series and go, nah, not this time. Oh, fuck that! But I do think though, like the first one, I, I think is a great independent movie. It's it they did it with very little budget. I, I think like the actors are very believable. Um, I I just I think the the foundation of the whole thing was built there um, with the demon and everything like that. Like I just think. I think it was done super well uh, for what twenty seven thousand dollars and launched a huge franchise. Made that person a, a, made the director a, a shitload of money, um, and I think that the way they incorporated because this is back when like there was a ton of like ghost shows on sci fi and stuff like that, like ghost hunters and all that stuff, and they used stuff that people knew like who watched the ghost stuff like EVP and all this stuff, you know, like all the, the cameras and all that stuff. They used all of that to to make a, a belief like a lot of the stuff you see in the beginning parts of that movie, the first half hour or so is, is stuff you would see on like sci-fi is the door slightly closing and the, you hearing voices on recording and um, you know, different things like that. And then they just kind of slowly ramp it up until, you know, she gets possessed and you know, all that stuff. And, and so I loved it for that because I was super into the ghost hunter show and all like me and my mom used to watch it all the time. And so the way they did that, I was like, this is really cool. And then by the end I was freaked out cause it was, crazy but 
Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd still love that movie. I, I think about, that's another one I think about randomly every once in a while, like how genius, now appreciating movies the way I do, like how genius that all was for how little they spent. But I thought, I still think it's a great movie. Do you, how, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of how they ended up looking in the ghost dimension. Were they like blobs or like, like dots or something? They, they didn't look like fucking guys walking around, right? No, I, I think they, I think they kind of look like shadows, but they also looked scary. I don't know. They weren't like horny demons. It wasn't like, it was, they weren't like HD, even when you could see them. Um, it wasn't like you could really see them, but even the whole coolness about it, exactly like you said, was the door just moves and it does, it just, that, it, that it just, it just looks like matter of fact in it. Yeah. And that movie and then, creeped like, me just, the fuck out. The, right. And like the way they ramped it up, like, you know, like, like you said, the, the door's closing and then like they move the sheets back and then eventually she gets pulled out of the bed. Like it just continuously goes a step by step by step by step until the point when you get to the end, it's like, holy fuck. But Really, I thought it was super smart the way they did all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well done. And then the end of that, like, she was never found or whatever. Like, that, ooh, mm-hmm. I used to have nightmares about that, too. I used to have a lot of nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, what a great list here. Uh, these are, uh, it's com- most common in horror movies. I'm sure there are other movies. There's one, um, did you ever watch, um, I think it was called A Ghost Story, and it had... Um, Casey Affleck and like Rooney Mara. Do you remember that one where he wears a sheet mm-hmm. most of the time? I just saw it on. I saw like the the cover on Netflix or whatever. But yeah, I haven't I, I haven't watched it, but I remember wanting to see it when it came out. So he he, the the guy dies and then walks around in a sheet the whole time. That's how the movie is. So that would qualify for this list, but I haven't seen it. Um, and then I think the one that you know, if there are, <clears throat> if there are snobby film people. Um, listening to the show, they're screaming Jaws in their car right now. Um, and <laughs> Jaws is another one where, for the most part, you don't see Jaws until you have to, and it's well documented that that's because the the animatronic shark was terrible and didn't really work. Um, obviously kicked off the career of Steven Spielberg. So you got to mention Jaws. Uh, I don't love Jaws as much as a lot of people do, honestly, but um, you know we got to mention it for this one. So that was my only honorable mention. I don't know if you had others. Uh, no, I, I guess, like... One that I, I was kind of maybe thinking about fitting in there was like Saw because he uh, oh, at the yeah. end of the movie there's that the re- reveal like with with the him being in the room the whole time and all that stuff but more of a reveal than like villain because you do see uh, Tobin Bell throughout the movie too so mm-hmm. yeah that was a good one that was a good one yeah that Dunkirk pull though that was that was the that was the pull of the week that was the pull of the week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Soco Show Pod what we missed out on this week in Mambo Number Five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo Number Five. All righty, uh, we are going to get into the movie section and continue to talk a little bit about a little blue guy that's making a bunch of money in the box office right now. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. All um, right. Real quick before we get into it, uh, I forgot to mention in the additional news section of the quick hits, um, Bob Iger is no longer uh, the CEO at, at Disney. Um, he has stepped down. He'll be retiring. Um, he's going to be there for a couple more years, but he'll be the executive chairman and uh, he'll direct creative for a little bit. Um, some guy named Bob Chapik or Chapik is in. I think I've heard his name before, but he's the new CEO. So big change there at Disney, especially with how successful Bob Iger's been over the last 15 years now 
I wonder, uh, so I'm a, I don't know if everyone knows this, I'm a financial planner by day. I'm, I'm wondering if anybody uh, crunched the numbers and made sure Bob Iger could afford to retire. I'm sure it was pretty close. <laughs> uh, no, that guy's made dumb fucking money for a long time. Uh, good for good for him. He, I mean, you talk about what he did during his tenure at Disney, and I don't know how far back it goes, but just if you think about the last handful of years, you know, Marvel, Star Wars, um, two of the biggest things to happen in film at all in the last handful of years, and he was at the helm for all that, so... Um, you know, whether or not he's a great dude, uh, you know, who knows, but, uh, certainly we'll leave a legacy at Disney for sure. And we'll see what this next guy does. I, I, I don't, I don't suspect he's going to come in and make a bunch of sweeping changes, but be interesting to see how he makes his mark different from Iger. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think they really, I mean, obviously like Bob Iger kind of makes like final decisions and things like that. And he, he wrote a book recently kind of talking about his time at Disney, um, and, you know, talking about, Star Wars and Marvel and stuff, but really, I mean, like Kevin Feige makes all the decisions with Marvel, but you know, at the end of it, so uh, it, it's not it's not a huge deal, at least on the Marvel side. I think when you know when we see the MC, MCU movies coming out, we're not going to see a big change. Mm-hmm. Um, may, maybe more influence in Star Wars, just because it's been more of a rocky kind of road, and there's been talks about Kathleen Kennedy, who's the head of Star Wars. She's like the Feige of Star Wars, of her kind of going away now. Um, that the the sequel trilogy is done but um yeah i don't think it's going to be a huge impact in the long run you know i i honestly wouldn't be surprised if in the next you know in 10 years from now that like feige is going to be the ceo i, I wouldn't be totally surprised by that so mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna we'll be see. we'll see i agree with you I, I, don't, I don't i doubt that creatively we'll see a lot of different stuff um but in terms of like acquisitions and you know deciding hey let's put out a whole new star wars trilogy i think some of those decisions i think maybe end up on that guy's desk so We'll see. Mm-hmm. Maybe they decide to reboot something that we didn't see coming. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't know how much that guy will have to do with creative. But in terms of things like what do they do with Fox now, and how do they want to position Hulu? And I think th- as those things start to evolve over time, that's where we'll be able to see this guy leave a mark, uh, this Bob Chapik. Uh, so we'll see what he does. And maybe, uh, maybe he will. I don't know. Maybe he'll reboot Spider-Man again and cast me as Miles Morales. Call me Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's talk about, uh, like I said, a a little blue guy, Sonic the Hedgehog continues to make a shitload of money, won the box office for a second consecutive week here. And one of the very big news items around Sonic is that he was supposed to come out last year, but got pushed back to February. It looks like a blessing in disguise now though, because of, um, some negative reactions to the first shots of Sonic in the trailer that came out last year, people really hated the way that he looked, took to the internet, filed some petitions, screamed, yelled about it, and the studio said, oh, okay, so we'll push the movie back and we'll redo him then. And we've seen now that that has paid off, and who knows to what extent that's the redesign of the character. Maybe it's timing, maybe it's just a well-written movie. Uh, I think all of those have have some amount of uh, responsibility for the success that it's had, but Seth, this is an example where the studio listened to the people and uh, and it paid off in a, in a major way, I think. Yeah, in in this case, um, you know, I, I think that it definitely helped, and 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 I think the time of year also helped. I, you know, honestly, I think that's that's probably the bigger thing here is that there was nothing else, and we we've been in a pretty bad like January and February for movies. There hasn't been a lot of great stuff, and so uh, at least you know mainstream stuff. So 
um, you know, coming out now being not a terrible movie, um, you know, being a lot of fun. And then obviously like the, the changes, the changes help get people in the door mm-hmm. to begin with, like those who were skeptical um, or those who wanted to see if it was going to be a disaster came. But when people said, hey, it's actually, you know, not bad, um, you know, everyone else kind of came in. Um, but, you know, part of the reason that, that that we wanted to talk about this, too, was that this past week we had a couple looks at the Batman uh, the new bat suit. Uh, they first was, there's one released by, um, holy crap. Why'd I forget his name? The director. <laughs> Matt um, Oh God. What the, the, the director Reeves. who's directing it. What's his name? Matt Reeves. No, Matt Reeves. Yeah. Matt Reeves. Um, he, he released a, a, you know, kind of a small clip and like some bad red lighting and, and people were making fun of that and that was fine. But then the, really the big one was the, the, there's a, some, just random footage taken of of some like stunts, motorcycle riding, blah blah blah. Robert Pattinson wasn't even in the suit; it was a stunt double. Um, where we got a real like daylight, full look at the suit, and it it looks interesting <laughs> to say the least. But people online were were freaking out like crazy, almost like you know, not I guess not as not as bad as Sonic because the Sonic thing became like a a meme. But people are as upset, or if, if not more, because Batman's such a, a big deal. And, you know, I, I think this is one that it's not going to change, like the suit's not going to change, but it's, I think personally, it's probably going to end up looking better in the movie, like when it comes out, because if you remember back, uh, you know, a year ago or so, or longer, uh, probably longer now, uh, the Shazam suit, they, there was footage of this Shazam suit, uh, you know, some, some pictures and stuff, and it just looked like a bunch of pillows or like red pillows all over, uh, uh, Zachary Levi. And when that movie came out, it looked nothing like that. So you know, I, I think there's a there's a weird balance, a weird like a weird um, like standard, I guess, with with this stuff because you know people are gonna freak out about it, but something like that's not gonna change. I don't think people are ever gonna th- even gonna think about it when the first trailer comes out. But where is that line where you know of w- when should we change this and when shouldn't we? Yeah, I think what's interesting about this, I, th- I think it's. The Sonic thing, I think, is an interesting example because they had already done all their principal photography. They already had the model in there. They already got all the acting. They had done the entire movie. So when they needed to change his look, all they had to do was just go update the CGI. And I'm not saying that's a small task, but relatively speaking, it was pretty simple, right? Um, For them to change the look of Batman would require... uh, a lot more they would need to go redesign the suit they would need to reshoot everything they've shot uh potentially and or they'll need to go and do some cgi elements um later on but that would be a lot trickier on a live person character than it would be on sonic like it would just Mm be much harder like you're right they're not going to change the look of batman they decided on this a long time ago um it's interesting too though like you know you talked about shazam and shazam looked weird and of course, like Batman is weird. Like to see Batman well lit just standing there is fucking weird. It's it's not the context mm-hmm. you're supposed to see Batman in. And I guarantee you when they when you see that scene in the movie, it's going to be darker or lit differently. He's not just going to be walking around in broad daylight. That's never what Batman does. So of course it looks mm-hmm. weird. It's not in the proper context. And right. every Batman suit and I, I know you're a Batman fan, but you'll understand this. 
every Batman suit looks stupid. It's a head to toe latex <laughs> fucking suit that's made of rubber. Like it, it always looks dumb. And so mm -hmm. what you saw now is just, it just is well lit. That's the only difference between that and all the other Batman suits. And yeah, you can have your, your preferences on style and all that stuff. But, um, I, I think what, one thing that's interesting about this is, um, that it looks like some of the speculation I've seen based on the look of the suit is that it's like a more, a more cobbled together kind of homemade type suit and less of mm -hmm. like a Wayne tech Lucius Fox type suit. Uh, yep. which I think it could be interesting. It could inform the plot a little bit and it might be one of several different suits he's going to wear in the movie. So for those couple of reasons and about a hundred more, um, you know, we talk about toxic fandom and I think a lot of the vitriol that people have been spewing is, is that, um, mm -hmm. I think it's silly to react, uh, with anything more than, Oh yeah, that's interesting. Like, anything north of that is crazy to do because there's so many different things that are going to happen between now and you seeing that movie. It's not going to look anything like that for one thing. And mm -hmm. it's it, the, the context is very important here. Like every, you know, who's another, the, the fucking, um, the alien, the xenomorph from alien. It look <laughs> it looks stupid in the sunlight and it's the most terrifying creature ever fucking made. So like you take, you take this guy and, and put him in the sunlight. Of course he looks dumb. Like mm -hmm. they all do. And so I don't know. I, I think this is yet another thing where I'm like, fanboys, calm down, dude. Like this is not a good thing to get worked up about. Yeah. Pe people are very quick to, to judge every little aspect of it. And that's the stuff where I like, I just can't stand be it on Twitter and all that stuff and reading. Um, but then also sometimes I look at the, the comments and are, are just like, you're a moron because well, for one, like the, the video and the pictures that they showed of, of the, you know, the stunts and all that, um, He's riding a motorcycle. He's riding the bat, riding a, a bat cycle, and um, someone freaked out. They're like, in one of the comments that I saw that had a lot of likes. So there's a lot of people who agreed with it. Were, that were like, it, it was like, uh, no cape, not my Batman, hmm. and and they didn't realize he's riding a fucking motorcycle. They're not gonna put a cape on the back of a motorcycle that has like an open tire mm -hmm. for it to get caught in. It's going to be added in later. You fucking idiot. The like, cape is always added. Later. That's like all the right. Batman you've seen. The cape is CG a lot of, not every time, but a lot of the time it is or, like, yeah, you can't have a stunt just, double running around getting hung by his neck. wearing a fucking cape. Right. Right. If you look at the, I mean, look at the, the, the dark Knight and all that, when he has the, the bat pod, if you've seen any of the behind the scenes stuff, he's not wearing the cape on that because that could kill him. So, like, calm the fuck... Even if he didn't have a cape, so fucking what? Yeah. You know, like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> He's gonna have a cape, for one. He's gonna fly. But if he doesn't, like you said, it could be... And I didn't even think about that. That could be, like, an early-on suit. Um, I, I personally like a lot of the stuff because there's a ton of, like, small little details in that suit. Um, one of them is, is uh, in the bat symbol on his chest. It's made of the gun that was killed his parents, which is kind of cool. Um, there, there's also, like... His gauntlets are made. They're like they're they're like gaskets. So it, it definitely looks like looks like like because there's like nozzles on it. So it looks like it's homemade. So even if the whole first movie was a homemade suit, you know, like I'd be totally cool with that. Like it, people just need to to let. Even if the suit sucks, what if the movie's awesome? If the suit sucks and the movie's awesome, you're not going to complain about it, right? And even so, if you let this ruin your, that's the other thing is like people get so mad and they get so upset about it. It's like you're. You're, you're being upset about a movie that hasn't come out yet that you're probably going to end up loving. But even if you don't, you you spent two, maybe three hours watching the movie or discussing it afterwards. After that, how much does it really impact your life? Like, right. calm down. <laughs> yeah. 
I think I when I see something like this, I get excited because it's different and new. And right. they could take the character places we haven't seen before. And I think that that is exciting. I, I've seen Batman. I don't want to see the same fucking Batman again. I want to see some new shit. Put him in a crazy costume. Don't put a cape on him. You know, do right. do whatever. Make make his voice like mine instead of like Batman's. I don't care. <laughs> like, change it up however you want. Mix it up. I, I think it's cool. And, you know, if, if, we were, if we were always tied to the perfect canon version of whatever it is, we wouldn't have gotten Miles Morales. Like, and that worked out so perfectly, you know, like every time, uh, not every time, a lot of times when, when things are changed or updated or, um, you know, made new, uh, and we're uncomfortable with it to start, it ends up being amazing. So I think Mm -hmm. that, I think that people need to just go, okay, that, that looks different, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what he's got. Right. Um, my question for you, Seth is, you know, is there a level at which, the response becomes so big that you have to listen to it because that's what happened to Sonic. And of course, they're different. Mm-hmm. You know, they're different, um, different circumstances entirely in terms of what type of movie you're looking at. But is there a point where you know, if if everyone is is really responding negatively, that you consider, you know, maybe we do have to go take another look at this and make some changes. I, I think that the level's probably at Sonic. Like that's that's the type of level, especially because I think with something like Sonic. It would have it, it had a, it had a cap at how popular or how much money it would have made keeping the same design because I think people would have still gone. It would have had an okay opening weekend, I think, um, because people wanted to see how terrifying it was, you know. <laughs> um, but it Sonic in itself isn't going to draw people to the theater, but Batman in itself will. I, I I think if even if this Batman was like had like a a, a purple suit. Well, Batman is actually in the past is had a purple suit, so a pink suit uh, with like green uh, gloves and like orange uh, symbol on it, like something crazy wild. People, I think, still people are gonna go to it because it's Batman, you know. So like, I don't think anything could change Batman, but so, you know, something like a Sonic, or if they did like uh, like Uncharted, if if Uncharted comes out like and and Nathan Drake ends up looking like um like uh, Ken Jong. You know, stuff like that. Like I pay more just to like, see ro- that. right? <laughs> Senior Chang uh swinging from ropes. <laughs> um but but no, I mean like I think there's there's certain levels. Like the Shazam thing even. I that I think that had a lot of attention. Like it looked bad. I I mean, I will admit I thought it looked stupid like though his the way the suit looked on him at that time looked stupid. Obviously, I, I'm you know smart enough to, to know like they're gonna add stuff in in CG, but like the 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 way how much different and better it looked in the movie, I think was was like exponential, and so and that that's that's like my second favorite DC EU movie, you know, like Shazam. So even though coming in, I was I was kind of skeptical of how that suit would end up looking. It looked great, and I was very happy with it. I think the same thing. You know, kind of, especially with live, live live action stuff, is the same here. I think that you kind of have to wait for a lot of the, if it's a if it's a franchise like this that already has kind of an expectation to it, um, and and it has like the live action stuff to it, then it's kind of hard to change. But the 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 CG like you know Sonic or whatever, or even I don't actually I probably couldn't even put 
uh, Uncharted in there because you can't really go back and change that. But, you know, some some of this other stuff that you could possibly change with computers and things like that. I think that that Sonic is probably like the barometer right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so much easier when it's an entirely CG character like we talked about. Um, yeah, this is, you know, the the filmmakers know everything and we know one thing. And that's that mm-hmm. that picture. And so con- context is super, super important for all of this stuff. You know, we saw there are countless times when we've seen something happen. We in, in the trailer for Force Awakens, we see Finn fire up the lightsaber and you're like, all right, Finn's our new Jedi. That's what we all went into that movie expecting because that's what we saw. And it was entirely different from that. Like you, you just never really know. And so it, it is important to keep that in mind and go in going, okay, I saw that. Maybe I maybe I developed some theories or developed some expectations, but really at the end of the day, they wouldn't show you that if it told you everything about the movie, right? So mm-hmm. you know, let's all let's all chill the fuck out and wait for that movie to come out. I am very excited. I, I like the look. Uh, I like Pattinson. I I and I'm not nearly as much of a Batman fan as you or most people are, but I'm very pumped for this movie. I, everything I see gets me more excited uh, to see this Batman thing. I, I think it's gonna be really fun. Yeah, I'm I'm super pumped for it. I mean, cast, crew, director, all that stuff is like it's great. Um, the the score is gonna be amazing. Like, I think all of it's gonna be great. Um, obviously, I mean, I'm I'm kind of a, a, a pre uh, like already predisposition to like it, but I'm I'm I think I'm gonna love it. But um, I think that with I mean, like like you said, I, I think it needs a different direction. It needs a different flavor to it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything I've seen is kind of, kind of lean towards that, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see, we'll see how it ends up. Um, and obviously they're not going to change anything because they know what they're doing. So, yep. Yep. No doubt. Uh, the Batman directed by, Z- uh, Jesus, I almost said Zach Reeves. Um, <laughs> Matt <laughs> directed by Matt Reeves, uh, doesn't come out until 2021. So let's all, let's all chill the fuck out. With that, we are going to wrap up the movies. Uh, well, that movie section and get into another fun game. Uh, let's see if I can win this one more quickly than the last. Uh, let's do some first impressions. That don't impress me much. Oh yeah. The, our funkiest sounder leads into one of our funky new games. Uh, Seth is going to list a few actors slash actresses. I'm going to choose one and then it's going to be my job to figure out what their first major project was either in TV or movie. So we're getting into some origin stories here. All right, so uh, not a lot coming out this week other than The Invisible Man, and really the, there's not a lot of people in The Invisible Man uh, that, uh, other than Elizabeth Moss that we know. So there's another movie coming out. It's kind of a sequel slash spinoff. Um, I don't know if it's even coming out in theaters or not, but it's kind of a higher profile movie. It's got a lot of people in it. It's uh, Je- The Jesus Rolls, which is the spinoff slash sequel to The Big Lebowski. Oh, shit. That's this weekend? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited um, to see this. I didn't realize that was coming up so soon. I thought it was a while back or a while out yet. Oh man, I'm pumped. Uh, but it's directed and stars John Turturro. Uh, so he's one of them. Uh, in the first impressions, you can choose John Turturro, uh, Bobby Cannavale, and Pete Davidson are your options. Oh God, damn it. Um. Well. I have no idea how old Bobby Cannavale is, so I don't know how long he's been working. I couldn't even venture a guess at his. Well, his son is in uh, The Mandalorian, so... That's a good point. That's a good point. He's old. Okay, so he's older. Um, John Turturro, I know some old stuff he's been in, but I don't know how far back I can go. I'm going to have to go with Pete Davidson here. 
Um, and I'm assuming you have you have I hope uh, a hint for me here. I do. I have and, a pretty. Uh, I've, I the, have what I, I think is a pretty solid guess, but but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Let's let's try it. <laughs> it's not the. It's not what you're thinking of. Okay. Um, but I did look him up earlier because I figured that's who you choose, and it's a show. So um, there was a, a video online or something like that. So I'm not going to count that. But the next one after that, it's a show we watch um, that I know I, I at least keep up on. It's, it's still running. It's a show that's still on. And it's a show you watch, but I think you usually have to catch up to it. Um, he was in it in 2013, uh, actually, when the show debuted. Um, and I will say it's a it's a 30-minute comedy. Okay, I, I think I know this um, just by the way you described my my ability to watch the show. And you're right, I do need to catch up. Is it is it Brooklyn Nine Nine? It is, yeah. Dude, that is great. So he he must have played a bit. You know, he got arrested or something. Um, yeah, I just said Stephen is his name. Um, yeah, it looks like he came out. He was on it before Saturday Night Live. Uh, that was uh, 2014. So. Um, or 2014 was Saturday Night Live. Uh, 2013 was was his Brooklyn Nine Nine appearance. So, yeah, it just says Stephen is is his name. So I don't know if I remember him at all. But would that have been? Um, so he was in season one of of Nine Nine. That's what it seems like. Yeah, man, uh, that's one. Once that wraps up, I would love to go back and start over Brooklyn Nine Nine because mm-hmm. that show did so much evolving over time that it's it's i mean a lot of it is the same but it's so different now than what it used to be you know you've got jake and amy now obviously as a couple and a couple cast members have come and gone but um to go back to that first season again and watch it with fresh eyes i think would be would be super fun to do and now that i know pete davidson's in it that'd be a fun thing to kind of spot maybe who else is in there that we didn't realize gina linetti spaghetti there you go linetti spaghetti uh pete davidson's first appearance in the the now I think one of the really great comedies on right now, Brooklyn Nine Nine, uh, which is in the middle of like its seventh season or some shit now, six. Um, but you're right, I, I have like a season and a half to catch up on, and that that's cool because yesterday I was sitting, I was like, I got I got time to watch TV, but I don't know what to watch. Uh, I keep forgetting Brooklyn Nine Nine's out there, so I got to get back on that. Yeah, and they they uh, have already been renewed for season eight, so there'll be another one. Fucking a, I, I dig it, I dig it. Maybe Pete Davidson will reprise his role in one of the last couple seasons. Who knows? Yes. Everyone's clamoring for some Steven back. Yep. Gotta have more Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, We move away from Pete Davidson and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and uh, we're going to start. We got a handful of reviews. It's going to be all Seth reviewing shit from here on out. Uh, So the first thing we're getting into is this week's edition of We Missed the Boat. Oh! You're going to need a bigger boat. All right. You did a lot better job of doing this right away than I did. It took me like a month to do my last <laughs> one. But um, this is the segment where Seth and I assign movies to each other. And uh, we keep a list of running list of five. And so Seth has to watch a movie or Seth has watched a movie that I recommended to him. And he's here to review it for us now. So I'm excited to see what you picked here. Yeah. Basically, I just picked this uh, based off of uh, the amount of time I had. So I picked the shortest movie. Um, because you've given me all these fucking long movies. <laughs> and so I went with uh, the shortest one of the bunch, and that was Fargo. Yeah. Um, only an hour and 38 minutes. Um, but uh, Coen Brothers movie, um, kind of a, a you know, a, a, we, we know who done it, but it's a, you know, a, I guess you find out pretty early, what, you know, what's going on. But, um, you know, a, a murder, a murder happens in uh, uh, 
the the north the great white north that's not <laughs> canada <laughs> um but uh stars william h macy francis mcdormand steve buscemi so a uh, interesting cast a very weirdly put together cast but it, they work really well because you know they play um you know minnesotans north dakota people and and they're you know they do the accents well and and kind of have that that uh that whole vibe down really, really well. So it's you know kind of a weird, weird, quirky movie, uh, way more gory than I thought. Um, mm-hmm. Thought it was going to be going into it, uh, and it has me interested in watching the show. I know none of the show connects because the show is like an anthology type show. Um, at least each season is is its own kind of like a American Horror Story type thing. Um, but I, I just love the vibe of of the the movie. Um, I, I love the the aesthetic and everything like that. So, um, but fun performances. Francis, this is my I think my back to back. We missed the boat for Francis McDormand. Uh, I believe the last one I watched because it's like three months ago now. I think, but it, <laughs> Burn After Reading might have been the last one I watched. I don't remember. Um, but but uh, you know she she's great. Seeing some of her old her older stuff, uh, she just plays that type of character perfectly. Like a um, just like a little bit. Um, not ignorant, but like, just I guess ignorant could kind of work, but just very like, um, not totally like aware of of her surroundings, but also like kind of she because she drives she she's the sheriff in this one, so she's like driving the whole thing. She's trying to figure out what's going on here, but she's also not like super. She's she's not like focused. She's just I don't know. It's it it's weird. She plays a very unique character, but. And and she does a she does a great job of that. She she's a great actress. She really because I think the really the first thing I watched her in was Three Billboards. Um, and so seeing her with these different roles is a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. Buscemi's great, of course. Uh, William H Macy. Um, I mean, the story really does revolve around him and, and his family. But uh, this is a different role for him than I've seen him in too. So uh, I did really enjoy this one. I think the Coen Brothers have have an interesting style to them, and and. Uh, um, I, I, I'm open to, to watching more, of course, but Fargo is, I, I think, I understand why people have that, that reverence for it that they do, because it, it is, it's simultaneously kind of a, f- it, not fun movie, but it's, it's a, it's got that, like, I mean, you can see the burn after reading comparisons, it's got, it's got that, like, just aesthetic, like, it, it's a little bit more lighthearted, but also at the same time, it's a very serious movie. It's it's it's, it's an interesting feel they have to it, but I, I did enjoy watching it. Yeah, they play, and this is a total Coen Brothers thing, they play things for comedy that they shouldn't, <laughs> you know? Right, right. And it's so weird, and all the care. I think what it has in common, I think a lot of the time with Burn After Reading is nobody is particularly smart uh in yeah. the cast and so they do some just really weird dumb kind of stuff and that's not to say that they're incapable but everyone just makes really weird kind of dumb decisions that uh, that, that puts the plot along in, a, in an interesting way that's what i meant about like francis mcdormand's character like she's not i wouldn't say she's dumb but the decisions they like the everyone makes here is kind of dumb and like for example, um, when Frances McDormand comes upon the the crime scene or the murder scene, she's just very like nonchalant about it. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh, yep, over." And then she like barfs at one point, but she's you know like over there, there's the dead body and you know all that stuff. So uh, it's just the, all the characters kind of have that like, like nonchalant type of attitude to them, even though crazy shit's happening. Mm-hmm. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, that's a good one. That that kind of was a big. Um, I I am. I I am going to give you more Coen Brothers 
but not this week. Um, I'm going to give you this movie because it's kind of a freebie because I'm almost certain you told me you have plans to watch this movie in a few weeks. Um, and I've had it on my list for a long time and I've been looking for a reason to sneak it in on you. So I'm going to give you, and tell me if I'm wrong about you having plans to watch this. Um, I'm going to give you 2001, a space odyssey. Oh yeah. I'm seeing, I, I have tickets to go see it okay, good. <laughs> already. Good. So. so it's a freebie, but it's a freebie, but it's one I had on my list. So I wanted to make sure and put it on there so that when you watched it, I could claim some semblance of responsibility. So 2001, obviously sci-fi epic fucking classic, great film. Um, maybe enjoy some, some recreational, um, substance if you want beforehand. It's a pretty good one for that. <laughs> um, but, uh, one of, one of my yeah, favorites I'm, from a while ago. I'm seeing it in, I think, 35 millimeter? Let me double check that. I don't have to look too far to find that. That's going to be amazing. I'm so jealous you're seeing it in that format. I've, I've only ever seen it at home. 70 millimeter. Yeah, 70 millimeter. Um, they're doing a film. So I'm going to visit some friends uh, in Chicago, um, and I'm seeing it. They have a film festival of a bunch of movies in 70 millimeter, and, and that's, that's one of them. So that actually, I think, works perfect because... Um, yeah, that'll work perfect for my next Miss the Boat. There you go. So Yeah. I can't wait to hear about it in that format. Even... And with the sound, because it's a, such a sound-based movie, too. I'm super, super fucking jealous that you're getting to see it that way. <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. I'm, I've never seen anything. Well, I don't know. I I don't think I have seen anything in, in 70 millimeter and, like, specifically for that in the, in, the, in the theater. So I'm excited to check it out. Yep. Good stuff, good stuff. So, 2001, A Space Odyssey. You just made the list! So Seth is going to be watching that one in a couple of weeks. Uh, next week, make sure you come on back to hear me review uh, one of the five movies that Seth has given me. So I have to choose between Toy Story 3, uh, Young Adult, Loose, Mallrats, and I, Tanya. So a lot of fun movies there. I'm excited to check one of those out this weekend. And I'll be reviewing one of them next week in We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, Seth, take a sip of water because we need that voice of yours for this next segment. Let's get into some reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. For the first time in I don't remember, I did not go to the movies this past weekend. <gasps> and, but you did because you're committed to the show. And uh, you, went and saw, you went and saw four movies, four very different types of movies. Um, from, from what I can, what I can glean from, from just what I know about these. Um, so I'll let, I'll let you pick, you, you go right ahead and, and, and pick where to start and I'll let you choose the order and I'm just along for the ride here. (laughs) I'll just go in chronological order of what I viewed them in. Um, all of the movies have the in the title. One of them has it twice. Um, but the first one I saw was Impractical Jokers, the movie, um, and (laughs) I think I mentioned that last week that I was going to it, but because of the Mambo. Um, but this one I'll say real quick. I mean, it's, it's, it's the show, uh, Impractical Jokers with a kind of a fun sketch comedy storyline, uh, built in to make sense of why they're doing the challenges. But essentially the four jokers that, you know, from the TV show, um, it starts off by showing them, uh, uh, them and them in high school, I guess. Um, but it's, it's them now, but just dressed up like they're in high school, like they have wigs and stuff on. Um, and they're, they're at a Paul Abdul concert, um, one thing leads to another. They kind of ruin the concert. And now later in life, now that they're famous, um, the, Paul Abdul actually sees them uh, and says, oh, my God, uh, you're the Jokers. Here's some passes to come to my concert in Miami. Um, 
they uh, there's only three passes that are given, and they choose who doesn't go based off of the challenges that they uh, do in the movie throughout the road trip that they they go on to Miami from Staten Island to Miami. So they do the real challenges like you see in the show and work it into the storyline. So uh, what I'll say it's it if you like the Impractical Jokers, it's fun. It's it's really funny. Like I really enjoyed seeing this in a theater full of Impractical Joker fans because. Um, they, they all loved a lot of the, the jokes and inside jokes and, and, uh, you know, they knew these, these people, these characters. So, um, they, you know, everything that they were doing, uh, in, in the, in the movie, people were loving and a lot of people snorting in the theater from laughing and mm-hmm. stuff. So it was a lot of fun. It's, it's probably the most fun I've had at the theater this year. Um, just because everyone was enjoying it and having a good time and laughing. So I would, even if you, you know, only just barely like the Impractical Jokers, um, I would try to go to it. I know they're expanding this weekend, so I would try to go to it because, uh, you know, if you have a theater full of people who are just ready to laugh and have a good time, I think it's just going to make your experience that much better, even if you only barely like the Jokers. So, um, again, I had a good time. I would recommend checking out, even if you just like them a little. Yeah, see, I'm one of those people that just likes them a little, and we talked about them last week. Um, but I heard you say that you had a really good time at this, and actually... At Jared Buckendall. He said the same thing, that it was a total blast. So I'm hoping that we get this in my theater this weekend, because I'm I'm interested in this. It's, it sounds like just fun and happy and laughing, and uh, I'm all for that. I don't get that often enough. So uh, I'm going to try to get to this when it comes to town, but um, we'll see. I didn't. We didn't have it here last weekend, or I would have gone. Um, but I'm, I'm intrigued by this. I'm, I was pleasantly surprised to see all the positive reviews for it. Yeah, I think you, I think you might end up getting it just because uh, I did see like it did really well in the theaters. It was playing in it did super well. So I think, and I know it's expanding to more actual like movie theaters here in C- in Cedar Rapids. Um, it's it got added to a couple more theaters and stuff. So um, yeah, I I, uh, I I hope that more people get to see it because it is a fun time. Um, the next movie uh, that I saw got a chance to go to the Third House Theater uh, for a couple movies. Um, the first one I saw was The Lodge, a horror movie, um, kind of an A24 style movie. It's put out by Neon, but uh, it's got that type of uh, style feel to it. It's kind of a psychological thriller. Uh, basically, the the plot here is that um, so it has one of the kids from uh, It in it, uh, Jaden Martell. Uh, I just have his IMDb up here, um, but he played uh, Bill in It. Mm. Um also, Riley Q and Arkeo, I think. Uh, Alicia Silverstone makes a, a brief appearance in the movie. Uh, and Richard Armitage, he plays the father. Um, basically, what happens here, the mother uh, from the Bill from It and then the girl, who I don't really know, uh, she dies. And uh, the Riley Q plays the new girlfriend uh, of, of the father. Uh, She wants to basically kind of get to know the kids more, and so they decide for Christmas to go up to uh, a cabin or lodge, uh, here in this case, and uh, um, she's going to watch them. The father has to go back uh, into town for work, um, so she is going to watch them, Uh, and she's kind of got some mental problems. She's, uh, they don't really say what's going on, but she, you know, she's been taking these pills, and so they... She ends up essentially kind of like losing the pills and um, a lot of, and even before she's losing the pills, some weird stuff is happening at this lodge Uh, and really just the movie, there's a lot of like uh, psychological weird 
stuff happening, a lot of stuff happening with like time. There's some time elements in here. You don't really know how long it's been or anything like that. Um, you don't exactly know if what you're seeing is real or not. Um, so very like strange, very mind fucky a little bit. <laughs> That's a real term, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, it's it's definitely it's it has a bunch of stuff in here that's going to give you the the creeps. The there's a bunch of like and and the theater. So the the art house theater that I go to, um, they always doesn't matter the movie. It's the the sound is always like up to eleven fucking times ten. It's it's great like it's crazy loud in there. And then I was in like the back row, and the screen is still right at my fucking face. <laughs> so it like it it was just like a super intense experience, but. Um, I was definitely like jumping. There's people in front of me jumping sky high in the air. Uh, a lot of crazy shit that happens in this movie, but also has like a lot of themes in it. I mean, they're because the mom dies, who is Alicia Silverstone. Um, there's a lot of stuff in here about loss and uh, dealing with loss and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and then stuff about mental illness and, and how not necessarily like, I mean, I guess kind of like how that's treated and things like that. So it's got like that almost like Ari Aster feel at times. It's got the A24 feel, but I really did enjoy The Lodge quite a bit. Um, I mean, it's not a fun movie. It's not enjoyable, but it's got a lot of messages. It's got great performances in it as well. Uh, Riley Q, as I mentioned, she she is fantastic in this. So um, I, I don't know if this is going to be one that's going to be out there a lot. Um, I thought it was scary, though. I thought it was enjoyable. I or a good movie. Um I, I would recommend it for fans of horror, of fans of A24 style horror or the Ari Aster type horror. It's not quite as weird as Ari Aster, um, and it doesn't have like the same, um, you know, like, uh, I guess like, it doesn't, well, it kind of has some shock value to it because there's some tough moments uh, in the movie, but it's it definitely not as like, it's not as out there as, as Ari Aster stuff. So it's not, it doesn't have like, um, you know, like a bunch of naked people walking around <laughs> or um, like ghosts or, you know, like it doesn't have like the, the demon thing, like the uh, what we mentioned in Hereditary or the rituals like Midsummer. But it's it, it definitely got that, you know, kind of like what's going on feel to it. So I really liked it. I, I really did. I think it's probably my favorite movie of the year right now. Wow. Um, I would recommend it if you can see it. It's not going to be out. Like I said, it's not going to be out there a lot, but I it, it's it's one I think for horror fans definitely to to check out for sure. Yeah, so I'm really pumped for this one. I know uh, I know Jared saw it like really early, um, but I did. I was looking uh, and I get Impractical Jokers and The Lodge this weekend, so I'm going to see both of them. Oh, nice. I don't know if I'll make them a. I don't know if I'll make it a um, a double feature. That would be kind of an interesting uh, <laughs> sort of a change <laughs> of pace between those two. But I'm excited to see both these. The Lodge sounds like it's right up my fucking alley. And now that I know that Alicia Silverstone is in it, I she was so my crush back when she was playing Batgirl in um, George Clooney, Batman and Robin, <laughs> which I know God. you hate, but is damn it. I like it. And um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see her again. I didn't realize that she was in this, but I'm stoked to, I'm stoked to catch this this weekend, especially if it's your favorite of the year so far. And I know it's been a shitty year, but to have a horror movie at the top of your list is meaningful enough to me to get me there. Um, all right. And so my second trip, um, to the the art house theater i guess same day i uh, just had to make a little bit of a walk to the to the other uh version of the art house theater uh was the assistant um uh, drama with julia uh, garner who's really the only person that you would really know i think um and she was she's in ozark she plays kind of like a 
um, I guess her character in Ozark, uh, his name is Ruth. Um, I think she was nominated for an Emmy actually, but, um, she kind of, she plays like the, the redneck, um, associate of, uh, Jason Bateman in the show. Uh, but she's a great actress. I, r- I really do like her a lot, but this movie is, um, she's an assistant, uh, for uh, some sort of Hollywood executive. I don't think they ever really say what his role is. Um, and you don't ever really see him. This actually could be the lodge and this also actually could both be, um, on the list for me for a uh, villain, uh, that you don't really see, <laughs> but, um, basically though, she, she's an assistant for some sort of Hollywood executive. He has a bunch of like offices. They, they mention um, this is in Chicago. Um, but I think they mentioned LA and like Tokyo or something in the movie, but, um, it's a, it's the, the whole movie, it takes place over one day. Um, you know, she being the assistant, she's there way before everyone else and, and leaves way after everyone else. But, um, you see, it's a small group that she works with, um, just for that work kind of planning the person's life. Um, essentially, um, you know, she, she plans like, um, meetings and, and, you know, just general, she gets food for them and and that type of thing. That's her role. And then there's like these two guys that she works with that are planning more of the business side of things for him. But, um, you see the, the, the movie is a way, it's definitely like a statement. It's a statement movie about kind of Hollywood and, um, and, and it could, you know, relate to other areas in general, uh, people who have assistants where, um, they're, the assistants are super underappreciated and, and treated very poorly. And, um, you know, it's, it's just really, you know, you could relate it to any lower, lower level, uh, assistant or administrative person, I guess, where, you know, they're, they're not, they, they have a, a very important job. Like if, if that person just quit and it'd be hard for someone else to kind of step right in and, and, and do as good of a job. But, um, it also makes a point about, you know, some of the other nastier things, especially like, and it's pretty relevant now with like Harvey Weinstein getting, uh, uh, sent to jail or, uh, potentially sent to jail. I know he was guilty, but you know, certain things like, um, extramarital relationships and certain bad things like that, that they do. Um, they, the assistants, likely know about that because they run that person's entire life, but they have to, you know, keep that secret, even though the, they still are involved with the wife or husband of, of the person doing the bad stuff. So there's that stuff going on in there too. And, and, um, and then also the, the fact of like, you know, the bad stuff that they're doing impacts the people that they're doing it to. And, and you know, how that, how that eats away at your conscious, you know? So, conscious conscious i guess that's that's the word i would say right now um but yeah it's it's uh it's it's definitely a very relevant movie um with with everything going on um it's not honestly it wasn't as tough of a watch as i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to i thought there was going to be a lot more um dark stuff in here just the way that the what it's like the trailer i watched I, i saw the trailer because uh it was the trailer played before the first movie i saw uh, cause they were trying to promote people going to it. So, uh, I, that was the first time I saw the trailer and the trailer makes it seem like it's going to be this like thriller almost. And it didn't really ever feel like a thriller. There's some tense moments. Um, but it's, it's not as like, I, I figured going in and there's going to be some really like dark stuff happening. So it's not as tough of a watch as I thought. So I think this is probably something that a lot more people should see if they have the option to, um, because I think it's done well, acted well. Um, the points that it, that it's making are 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 very valid and and are told well. 
Um, and then I also like the structure of it being like over, I love movies that do that where it takes place just over a day where it's like a slice of life. Um, like clerks is that, the, where it's just like one day you just see the one day of this and, uh, it's not super on like, you know, this is not a super uncommon thing for this person. Um, and Julia Garner does do a good job of showing like this. She's been in the job for like two months, I think they say, and you start to see her like partly, um, get used to it, but also like start to eat away at her too. So, um, a lot of interesting things going on here, but definitely want to check out. Um, I, I, I would recommend this for sure if you have the option to see it, because it does have a lot of important things to say. That's cool. I think, um, to your point, timely, I think. And also what's in, I, I recently made a friend who is a executive assistant. That's what she does. And, um, getting to see a little bit about what her life is like. And then, uh, you know, having the opportunity to go see this, I think this could be super cool. And the, the other personal assistant I always think of is Sona from, uh, from Conan. And, uh, <laughs> I know that's obviously so far from the tone of this, I think, but, um, those, uh, those assistants, they do a lot of fucking work. And, um, mm-hmm. so it's good to have that kind of presented here. And it sounds like it's got even more to say than just that, but this sounds, uh, sounds like an interesting one. And, uh, it's kind of highlighting uh, a person that not a lot of people think about, uh, how important they mm-hmm. are to the people that we think are important. So, um, I like it picking a, picking someone, an unsung hero probably and uh, and highlighting them. I dig. And also too, like a lot of you know, people who are assistants uh, in, in Hollywood want to do more. They want to act or write or direct or whatever. Um, and so this is kind of like a stepping stone or a way in the door. And that's another point it makes is like, if you want to get to a certain level, you have to do this and you have to, it's almost like at least how it's been in the past is like an unwritten rule. You just, you just, you know, they don't, don't ask, don't tell, or, you know, you just let it go under the rug or whatever. So mm-hmm. in order to get ahead, you have to kind of pay your dues, quote unquote. And that's another thing in here which again is gross and and like not a uh not a not an easy thing to watch necessarily like there's a couple scenes uh in the movie that that talk about that and show that and and there's you know julia garner again does a great job of showing that emotion how she's feeling and and having to cover up the emotion and all that stuff too so um yeah they do a great job here i think all right one more movie, then I'll be done. Um, this one I'll probably be shorter on, but it's The Call of the Wild, uh, which is uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, <laughs> Jared said Harrison Ford having sex with a CGI dog, but um, that's not what it is. He doesn't fuck a CGI dog. <laughs> huh? I hope it's not. No, he doesn't do that because the, pers- the, the, the CGI dog was actually mo-capped by a human, so that'd be really weird. But I was going to say um, Have you seen the videos of that? Well, no, but I, if, if there's going to be dog fucking, it better be a real dog. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> no. The, <laughs> the, the, did, have you seen videos of the mocap, though? No, I haven't. It's pretty fucking funny. It's, it's a person. Like, someone is acting like a dog. They got, like, the, the suit and the on and, like, the, you know, the balls to track it and everything on them. And they're, like, trotting around like a dog. And, and it's really strange. Um, pretty funny. But the movie itself, Call the Wild, um, based off the book, obviously, I think most people... Did you... We were like required to read that, weren't it? Weren't we? I never read it, so I, I know most most okay. people. I don't know why I got out of it. Um, maybe I was supposed to read okay. it and didn't, but I know it's a hugely, hugely popular <laughs> book for for people to read as they're growing up. Yeah, no, I I, I loved the book. I remember loving the book, and and uh, I'm a I'm a huge dog lover. Um, not in the way that Harrison Ford is, but <laughs> um, I'm a fan of dogs, and, and so I. Have a, I have I have I have an emotional attachment to dogs, and so for this movie 
itself, I'll say like the CGI, very distracting. Mm. Um, it, it doesn't really look real uh, ever because they have other dogs that come in too um, that are CGI and other animals that come in that are CGI. So none of the animals ever look real. Um, I do think though, like after time, like with some of the scenes and set pieces and things like that, um, you get used to it. So it's not like too unreal where you're like, oh, come on. But when you first see Buck come on the screen, which is the dog, you're like, okay, that's, you know, that's, that's not a real dog, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's very noticeable. It's pretty distracting up front, but once they get into some of the, the, the bigger scenes and some of the, even some of the emotional scenes, um, I, I was able to buy into it. So it wasn't too distracting, distracting enough, but not too distracting. Um, but it hits a lot of the beats of the book. Um, uh, a lot of the big emotional points of the book, it hits, um, the, you know, the, the relationship between, uh, Harrison Ford and Buck, which really doesn't come in until the end, uh, or not end, but the last, like the last, like half to two thirds or half to, to quarter of the book, um, slash movie are that is that relationship. So, um, they do a good job with that, but really the, 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 the movie and book is about Buck and, and, you know, how he starts as being, uh, you know, a house dog for a rich family all the way to being in the wild, uh, the call of the wild. He answers it like the Ghostbusters. Um, but, <laughs> um, I did, you know, obviously again, I, I like dogs, so I cared about Buck and, and because they did some of the CGI stuff, like they kind of amp up the emotional responses of the dog. Um, you know, with, with different, the, the way they use the eyes and, and the mouth and, and stuff like that, like they're able to manipulate that to, to show more emotion and stuff. So, you know, some of that, it's not overdone or anything, but it, you know, again, you can tell, but it helps with the story too. So I don't know, it's not great CGI, but it, it's not terrible either. Um, but I think dog lovers, uh, and again, not ones who fuck dogs, um, will, will really enjoy this movie because it, it, it does give you all of like the, the feels with the dogs and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, I, I uh, live with a dog and, and I've grown very attached to the dog. So I was feeling it thinking about the dog that I, that I, um, that I live with now. Um, so, and I'm not talking about my roommate, Matt, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think people who, who love dogs will, will have attachment to this movie and have reason to, to care about Buck and all that stuff too. Those who do not care about dogs particularly probably won't like this movie at all because, you know, it's not like there's great acting and like I said, the CGI kind of sucks and, and all that stuff too. But there are some big moments, some cool set pieces and stuff like that. Um, so there's enough here for, for some people to at least get enjoyment out of it. But um, if you if you like the book, if you like dogs, or if you like Harrison Ford, I guess you'll you'll probably like this movie. It's not amazing. It's not terrible. It's just fine. Um, and and there are some emotional beats here that they do hit and hit well. If especially again if you like dogs, so uh, I wouldn't necessarily. I would say probably like once this comes out on VOD or I, I think it's a Disney movie. It might I, I'm I don't know if it is or not to be honest. But if it is a Disney movie, it'll probably be on Disney Plus. If not, then it'll probably be on like Netflix or something, and that's a perfect place to see it. Like it's a perfect waste of like two hours just to watch on TV or or streaming or whatever. Uh, this would be a perfect way to do it because it's not bad. It's not a bad movie, but it's also not great. So I'm not saying go out to the theater and see it. So yeah, I get that. Um, is there? Yeah, that, I'm that, curious that's, to that's know um, how much of this is Harrison Ford in because it, it's about Buck, not right? Much. But it yeah. So the the trailer makes me think that it's all about Harrison Ford and this dog, but that's not the case. No, because uh, I mean the the book and the movie it goes through several like 
because Buck is, uh, you know, again, at the beginning, he's part of a family, and then he goes to, he gets part of, like, a, a, a pack of dogs that, um, not race, but they, yeah, I, maybe they do race. I think they race. I can't, I just saw this movie, but they either race or just going, they're, like, it's a pack of dogs, uh, sled dogs. There we go, sled dogs. So he gets into that, and then um, uh, he basically ends up with Harrison Ford through a series of events. But yeah, it's not a ton of Harrison Ford. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, if you're, you know, reading the book and st- stuff like that, you know, like it's narrated by Harrison Ford and it's kind of told through, told partially through his story by talking about Buck, but it's way more about Buck and, and his journey. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. See that, that would have, that would have thrown me off had I not known that. And I still may go see mm-hmm. this, but um, I was really stoked for an old man and dog story. But if it's just a dog story, I may, I may still enjoy it, even though I'm not as much of a huge dog fan as like everybody is. But um, I don't really like anything, <laughs> do I? <laughs> That's all I've been saying today. <laughs> so I don't like it as much as everybody else does. Um, but no, Call of the Wild, uh, one that I actually am interested to see, so I may, I may catch this. Um, so Call of the Wild, in addition to The Assistant, The Lodge, and Impractical Jokers, the movie, uh, it was a big weekend for The Seth at the theater, so... Uh, you can go check out all of those uh, in theaters now. Mom, what do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right, folks, we are just about done with this episode of the show. But before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, t- one more thing. All right, folks, my uh, my no, my one more thing is going to be about Black History Month. Um, uh, this this show drops uh, with just a couple days left of Black History Month, and if you are like like me <laughs> and like most people, uh, you got to this week without really doing anything super meaningful about Black History Month. So I am going to give you guys an out. I'm going to give you something that you can do to celebrate Black History, and uh, I think you'll like it, and then you'll feel better about yourselves. Um, I am in the middle of watching on Netflix a, a documentary series. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. called They've Gotta Have Us. Um, and you've probably seen this advertised. It's been pushed to the top of the, of the queue for a lot of folks because Black History Month. Essentially, it's a history of black film. So um, it goes back to, you know, the first, uh, the, the first black actors and actresses and then all the way up until... So there's three episodes of this that are an hour apiece. I've watched two of them. And we just got to the point where they're going to start talking about Black Panther and this new sort of black renaissance that's happening um, in, uh, in, in movies right now. So it's really cool. It was made in 2018. So one of the interesting things about it is that Jesse Smollett is interviewed for it. Um, so it was really funny to see him pop up because it was shortly before his whole episode. Um, but they've got, they've got Harry Belafonte, who's one of the original like big black movie stars, um, they've got a, a number of historical black figures, Spike Lee. They talk a lot about him. Uh, John Singleton, they talk about him. They talk about Denzel a lot and Eddie Murphy. It's just a really great, um, it was, it was, it's been really fun to watch because it makes one, it makes me just really proud as a black person, but also just the, his, the history of film over that time. And like Harry Belafonte, one of the first, he was actually the first, he was in the first movie that had a black man and a white woman as romantic interests. And he's still alive. I mean, he's old, but he's still alive. And so all of, all of black cinema has happened basically in the last 90 years or so. Uh, not even that really. And so to see it all like really highlighted in that way has been super interesting and cool. So I think if you're a film fan, 
Um, or if you want to check your Black History box uh, for this year, uh, go check out They've Gotta Have Us on um, on Netflix. It's been super fun. I can't wait. I'm actually probably going to finish that tonight um, for myself. So high recommend for folks if you have Netflix. That title reminds me of uh, Cold Stone. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have it. <laughs> All righty. Um... My one more thing is just uh, an appreciation and that I appreciate that uh, Kevin Smith is not dead because two years ago to the day of us recording this podcast uh, is when he had his heart attack. So um, I- I'm happy that he's still alive and that he didn't die that day because that would have made me very sad. I still remember waking up to that. There was like a, I think a tweet or whatever. And, and uh, it was like, I think one of those like Twitter news things that popped up. It says Kevin Smith has a heart attack. And I'm like, what? And, and then I, you know, I saw his tweet saying that he didn't die, but um, I'd have been very, very sad if he would have died. So I'm glad Kevin Smith's still alive and got to make Jay and Silent Bob a uh, reboot. And uh, he filmed filmed that a year ago today, and then um, you know came out not too long ago and got to go see that and uh, see him in person, show the movie and everything. So very happy Kevin Smith is still alive and getting to make more movies uh, like Clerks Three and Mallrats Two. Oh yeah, I would echo that. I I also appreciate Kevin Smith's uh, still breathing status. Um, God, you know what? If this will make you feel old, we talked about that. I remember talking about that very thing um, in the upstairs SoCo Studios two years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, which was a hilarious setup to think about now. Um, but I remember, I can remember talking about that, and that must have been episode like forty. And now we're on episode yeah. one hundred and thirty-three. So uh, two two years <laughs> yeah. of living for Kevin Smith, and all we've done is. Uh, made worse puns and better sounders. So, um, you know, people use their time in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin Smith and they've got to have us this week in one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. That's going to do it for this week. That's episode number 133. Holy cow. Uh, don't forget to follow us wherever it is you hear podcasts so you can get new episodes of this show every Thursday. Uh, and also head over to Anchor if you'd like to become a contributor. Shouts out to Jared B, Mike V, and Casey Cheeves uh, for being our contributors so far. Again, hit the Anchor link in the description box to become a contributor. Uh, if you can't or if you don't want to, no worries. Uh, just keep clicking on these episodes. Keep sharing them with friends. Every listen helps out the show and helps us get better, so we appreciate all that. Uh, also, make sure you're checking out the links to our sponsors in the description box as well as all the other fun info that you'll find uh, in the description in case you're you're looking for links or things like that. Some of that stuff is down there, so make sure you check that out. All right, folks, that's going to wrap it. Episode 133 is in the books. For the so-host, Seth Ott, I've been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.